0: Welcome back to another live episode with yours truly, Deborah Spears, the health and wellness um, coaching lean expert, and I am bringing more information to you. Um, Today, I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so excited that we're making progress. I have several people that are making massive progress and we are so pleased with that. And we're still headed down that path that we're going to have even more progress to share in the very near future. Uh, today, I'm going to talk a little bit. Let me back up first. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am a retired registered nurse, and I have uh, 30 years behind me of working directly with um, patients with uh, just about every um, possible illness uh, you can think of. Over my 30-year uh, career, I've covered just about everything. So it's very little that you can come to me and say that you're struggling with and I've not um, seen it in some form or fashion. But today I'm talking to you about diabetes. Everything is connected. So when we talk about weight loss, everything's connected because like I said before, your body is a system. So all of the organs work together. And so even though you get one corrected, The other one is dependent on, each is dependent on the other. So you still have to make sure you have them all um, working properly in order to have a a good system, in order for your body to function properly. You don't want to overtax one thing and then uh, have the others all, okay, it's not going to work that way. So diabetes, specifically I'm talking about pre-diabetes because there are so many people who are in that pre-diabetes state and don't know it, they're actually individuals who are diabetic and also don't know it. So there are two challenges here. One, if you are in the uh, already a diabetic and you know you're a diabetic, you wanna work to control it such that, when I say control it, you're eating so well, your diet is so balanced, that you're requiring the minimal amount of support Via medications such as insulin or um, or the oral uh, diabetic medications that many people are taking, and uh, some diabetics are actually controlling their di- controlling their diabetes with um, just their diet, and that's a decision you make with you and your doctor you get the inform- information and you make the final decision, but it has to be an informed decision that's best for you, your body and your health. Um, but there's a lot you can do with diet. There's so much you can do with diet and people tend to give up on diet and just stay straight with the medication and. The, the problem just grows and grows, so they eat more, so they take a little more insulin, they eat more, and they take more insulin, and then they get to the point, there are people who actually believe that they can just increase their insulin and eat more. If you want to eat more, just increase your insulin. If you want cake and ice cream, just increase your insulin. And, and it doesn't work. Every organ in your body is stressed. You're gaining weight and you're, you're creating uh, fat cells that are accumulating around all of your vital organs. So it just doesn't work. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit off track there with that. But my goal was to start with pre-diabetes and then work into diabetes. So pre-diabetes, for those of you who don't know what that is, back in the day I've got like thirty years of nursing there used to be um something called they would call it borderline diabetes which prediabetes is 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 actually uh, replaced that now so pre-diabetes is when your um, your blood sugar is a little bit above the what we would consider normal number, but it's not quite um uh, something that you could be diagnosed as a diabetic with yet. Um, typically, your doctor will give you a range and there's a number that you reach where your um, fasting blood sugar and fasting blood sugar is the blood sugar that your doc when your blood is drawn at your lab or your doctor's office uh, when you've had uh, fasting, not had anything to eat. So, if you're going to go to the doctor and have your blood drawn at 7 in the morning, then you want, you'd want to have your last meal before that. Typically, they tell you, um, don't eat anything after 11 p.m. or after midnight because you're coming in at 8, PM, 8 a.m. But a fasting blood sugar will tell you if you have um, diabetes um, and it will also give you an indication if pre, you have pre, pre-diabetes, meaning you're on that path. Your numbers are somewhere in that range. Now, the absolute best way to determine whether you have pre-diabetes is to have an A1C test done, a hemoglobin A1C test. And the only difference there is it actually provides a measure of your, uh, where your blood sugar averages over a, a three month, two- to three-month period. So that gives you a better, a broader picture than just a single um, a single blood sugar test. And then once you know that, you make some adjustments with your diet to sort of reverse that. Very uh, often you can reverse uh, pre-diabetes so that you don't um, head down that road of diabetes if you find that information out early on. The challenge is a lot of people don't find it out early And so many people are pre-diabetic and diabetic and don't know that they're diabetic. And, And that's kind of where the challenge, that's kind of where the problem comes in at. So here's what I want you to do. Make a note to yourself for your next doctor's appointment to ask the doctor to test you for A1C. If you don't remember hemoglobin, just A1C. And measure that and then See where, you, see where you land. Even if the doctors have taken your um, blood sugar before, but it's not been an A1C, you still want to have an A1C because that gives you an average over a period of time, which helps you. Okay, so now that we know how to test for it, let's talk a little bit about some of the things we can do to prevent it. Because my thing is prevention. So much is preventable. We have so many illnesses that are out here now that are a pattern, but they're preventable. They're popular, but they're preventable. They're everywhere, but they were preventable. So if they're preventable, let's prevent them. And uh, so here, here we are. Sugar, my favorite word that nobody likes me to talk about. Because when I talk about sugar, I'm saying don't do it. It's bad. It's not. There's nothing that will come good out of you having excessive amounts of sugar. The challenge is that it's an addictive substance, and so you're have, you'll have a very hard time um, keeping that down to a small portion when you start down that road. So I like to avoid it as best I can until it's no longer uh, something that I would crave. Because if it's in a if it's a habit that's addictive, you can also learn to not to not crave it. Yeah, and so having a taste for sweets and sugar all the time is a predisposition for um, diabetes. Yeah, so that's a, that's not a good thing. Um, other things are if you're frequently thirsty, if you uh, if you find that you have um, urination uh, urgencies more often than you used to if you're putting on some weight see your body is talking to you our bodies talk to us we just have to listen so if you're putting on some weight that you didn't have before um, these are signs that, and, and, and if the weight is around your abdominal area but this is not a free ride okay so if the weight let's let's talk about that for a minute All right, because I have these conversations with people. I'm recalling conversations that I have with patients because they love to talk to nurses when after their exam is done and you go in the room and hey, they have all these questions that they didn't ask anybody else, but they say them for the nurse. So yeah, it's funny. But anyway, so uh, when you're um, putting on some pounds and it's around your waist, so your organs are in your mid-area. Uh, uh, most of your organs are in your mid-area. So the concern is that, and rightfully so, when you put that weight on, it's their fat cells around those vital organs that make it difficult. It's, it makes it a bit of a challenge for you. And so you really don't want all those fat cells around, those, around your organs. And that's why they say it's a sign that you need to look out for, that you might be uh, predisposed to diabetes if you have, carry a lot of fat around your mid mid area. However, I don't want what I don't want people to do is if you are someone who carries weight other places, if you have fat hips, uh, total body, if it's distributed all over, that does not mean that you have a free ride and that you are uh, quote healthy, a healthy um, fat. <laughs> because even though you may not see any signs of any problems at a young age, you're going to see the signs as you get older. Ask yourself if you know any elderly, health, healthy, healthy, overweight people. And when I say healthy, I mean, they're not taking any medications. They're not under any treatments. They don't have any diagnoses other than they're overweight. I'm a healthy overweight. It doesn't happen. You can, you can fake it when you're young because our bodies are very resilient. They work hard to protect us. And so when you're young, you haven't beat it up enough just yet. But you've been working on it. And if you've been working on it for years and years, beating up on it, by the time you reach a certain age, if you still are carrying excess body fat, whether it's the middle area, the hips or anywhere else, odds are you have other medical conditions now because it's taking its toll on you. So I want people to be clear that just because you don't have any early signs That does not give you a free ride to keep loading up on sugar and other bad, unhealthy things. I often have people, um, particularly young people, you ever notice that whenever somebody tells you, I can eat anything I want and I'm fine. I don't gain any weight. I'm not sick. You ever notice that they're always young people? Yeah, that's the rub. It's a fake because you can fake it when you're young but as you age your body is um, tolerated all of that stuff over the years that you've done to fake it and now you're not healthy and now you're not healthy so you want to start early and so I know my my um my handle is baby boomers because I'm a baby boomer and I like to talk to baby boomers because I find that so many of them sort of just uh, give up in that, at that point and just sort of let everything go because they think it's too late. It's not too late. It's that you beat it up so much when you were younger and you are covering it up and faking it because you can do that when you're younger, but it's still on the inside. You're covering it up on the outside. But the problems on the inside are still on the inside. And that's what I want people to get. And so with the pre-diabetes and the diabetes, which is my topic for today, I want you to know that if you're pre-diabetic and you don't have any symptoms, but your lab says that you're pre-diabetic, listen to those labs and make some changes. Because just because I list things here and say that if you're thirsty, if you're putting on pounds, if you're urgent. Urgency um, is more frequent where you're going to the uh, bathroom, urinating. Um, if you don't have any of those signs, but you're, you're able, your hemoglobin A1C is still in that number that says um, you're pre-diabetes, you're predisposed to it. And you still know that you eat stuff and you still tell everybody that you eat everything you want and, and you're fine and you're not sick. Please hear me. It's not going to show until later. And you don't want that to happen. I want people to know that what you eat now, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60s, or on and on and on, matters. What you eat matters. What you eat regularly matters. Occasionally, you can. Regularly, it matters. And so you cannot tell yourself that you're different from everybody else and I eat whatever I want And then when you're in your late 40s, early 50s, you're like, oh, my gosh, do I really have to take that statin? Yes, you really have to now take that statin. Do I really need to now take medication for um, diabetes? Yes, because you basically beat the heck out of your pancreas. And the, the thing is overworked from trying to produce insulin. To compensate for all that sugar you were eating, while you were pretending like you can eat all the sugar you want and it doesn't bother you, and so, and then I have the other people who are in denial about how much sugar they're actually eating, and so it's not a negotiation <laughs> when I talk to people and they say, "Yeah, but but I don't um, I don't um, buy um, sugar cookies anymore." Um, and I just do this. I just eat dried fruit. I like um, dried cranberries instead. of I, I, I don't crave those things anymore because now I eat um, uh, dried, um, uh, dried cranberries and raisins all the time uh, and trail mix and those kind of things. Well, it's still sugar. So you really your body is really receiving the same amount of sugar. Yeah. So if you if you stop the cookies and you started eating dry fruit to substitute the cookies, that is not going to take you out of a pre-diabetes state. Please hear me, because people think that 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 that's what they need to do. And it's the sugar that you're addicted to and you're not getting away from that. You have to get away from it where it's just occasionally where it's just occasionally consumed not where it's a regular, not where it's a staple in your house. So that's what I want people to to think about today. Once again, I'm I'm, I'm trying to do baby steps with people, but I have so much that I want to share, so much that I know people need because everything I talk about when I talk in these platforms is something that I've had an individual conversation with others about. And every time I have an individual conversation with somebody about anything regarding their health, I know there's somebody else out there who's had that thought, had that problem, had that situation, and they just didn't know, and you don't know when you don't know. You don't do the right thing, so you need to be informed. You need to have this information. So I want people to understand that preventable illnesses have that name "preventable" because we really can prevent them, and and it takes work because we're marketed uh, so heavily with the stuff that get in the way of us preventing them. And I know that it's in the supermarkets, um, but. They are preventable, and I really want to get that message out to people to understand that, so they understand that you just take baby steps, start cutting things out until um, you have new habits, new things you like, um, and you replace some of these things with activity, and instead of you know sitting with the munching things that you munch with, uh, and and do something that. Occupies your time so that in the so that you're not uh, constantly snacking on unhealthy foods. Eat the proper food so that you're not feeling hungry and craved, and then you don't want things that you shouldn't have because you're full from the good things like fruits and vegetables. My favorite. If you fill up with a, one of my favorite smoothie recipes, you can find them on my on my page. Um, and you're not going to crave all of these things. So I, I just want to leave people with that. As everybody, have a wonderful day. Bye bye.